Okay, hello and welcome to another episode of A Spoonful of Recovery. Just as usual, we have a few trigger warnings. So we will be going through mental health and symptoms of illnesses. So if you find any of those topics challenging, this episode may not be for you. Okay, so today, today we have Beth. Beth, if you'd just like to introduce yourself, please. Yeah, I'm Beth um, and I'm a writer, sometimes actor and then sometimes Twitter advocate as well for like neurodiversity and also endometriosis as well. Awesome and can you just tell us what you've been diagnosed with? Yeah so as a couple <laughs> so they're not like I don't consider neurodiversity an illness but it is like a big part so I diagnosed autistic, diagnosed ADHD, dyspraxic and I've also had like uh, depression and anxiety diagnosed but my chronic illness is I'm trying to get an endometriosis diagnosis but it's been years but like for doctors I'm pretty certain it's endometriosis but haven't been officially confirmed yet but yeah that's what I'm dealing with. <laughs> yeah it's quite a common thing to have multiple chronic illnesses but also to get a diagnosis which we'll um, come on to because it's not always that simple. How does it impact your daily life so what kind of symptoms do you have? I'm in pain like nearly pretty much every day and it's just the level of how much pain I can be in but it's up became chronic I was quite lucky in a way lucky it became chronic during the pandemic when everyone was home so it didn't really affect my life it was affecting my personal life but on the outside it still looked relatively okay until around last year when I was really struggling and like even on zoom and stuff like sometimes like my pain is noticeable and I can't really hide it but like yeah I'm in pain every day can't well I've got better at leaving the house but like there was a time where that was really challenging both from a pain perspective but also like an anxiety perspective like if I go out what if I have a flare up when I'm out so that's been it's a lot of like mental stuff and pain management as well that's been difficult to deal with but yeah yeah I remember not really leaving the house well we couldn't because it was the pandemic but I felt so ashamed because I didn't know how to deal with my symptoms I got accused of making things up mm-hmm. how simple was it to reach a diagnosis for multiple illnesses I know you're trying to get one for one of them but yeah. just in general what was that process like for you well, in terms of like I sort of go in order in my head so I was actually diagnosed autistic when I was three which is like really rare for a girl so I've had that diagnosis pretty much all my life and I think that was because my mum used to be a nurse so she had that background so that was from my perspective relatively easy enough because I don't remember it but the ADHD that came during the pandemic kind of like I was on TikTok and then I literally saw like loads of people sharing their ADHD experience. And I knew what ADHD was. But it was the first time I sort of saw like executive dysfunction for the first time. I was like, oh, that's a bit of me. And to be fair, my ADHD diagnosis was, it wasn't completely stress-free, but like there's an organisation called Psychiatry UK who do NHS right to choose as like private treatment, but free, which is brilliant. So I only had to wait a year for a diagnosis which is a long time but it's not as long as like what the NHS waiting list can be and then endometriosis that's a 
whole different ball game. And I still haven't got fully around it yet. So I first went to my GP. Well, I've been going to my GP for years related to like my reproductive health and stuff like that. And it was like, it wasn't chronic back then, but like looking back, it's clear something wasn't fully right. But it was, I think it must have been, it was just before the pandemic. I woke up one day and I was in absolute agony. It was my first flare up, but I didn't know that at the time. And like, I called my parents and even my mum, she's like a nurse and she's always like, when I was off school, like, you well, let's go to school, you're fine. But she literally thought I burst my appendix. So she was, that's when I knew, oh, this is quite bad. But then I thought I wasn't fine, but like I recovered and I didn't really think that much of it. And it was on Instagram. My friend, she, her friend had an Instagram profile for endometriosis because she, she's really chronic with it. And that was the first time I saw her and I was like, oh, that could be a little bit of me. So it's just been a series of going to my GP over the past 2020 to 2021. I was going to my GP repeatedly, like, can I have, can something happen? Can I have pain medication? And for the most part, my GP has been really supportive. There's one GP appointment, which was where basically they were only concerned with my fertility rather than my pain. And it was sort of like, don't go traveling, don't have a career, have your babies now. And I was like, it didn't really do anything. But it's awful but then I got referred to my local gynecology I got referred to my gynecology unit almost a year ago now and I'm just about to have my first appointment in April and even then it's the phone appointment so I've been waiting a year for that and yeah still haven't got a diagnosis but like my GPs and everyone around me is pretty certain that it's endometriosis so that's been a fun journey for me <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's funny how you mentioned that. Well, not funny, but interesting how you mentioned that you see stuff on TikTok and Instagram. Yeah. That's kind of like you going, okay, then, you know, this kind of ticks a box. And oh, I, yeah, that is something that I'm experiencing. What do you think about awareness with invisible illnesses? Like how helpful is the information online and what do you think needs to be done? I think social media is great. I think like... There are caveats with that and there is misinformation, but I think it for me it triggered like it triggered something in my head to go and research it further for myself. Like I don't think kids should just go on TikTok and see something and like, oh, I'm ADHD. I don't think that's how it works. I think you need to really do the discovery for yourself. But I think in terms of representation, especially like so I mentioned like being diagnosed autistic like most women get diagnosed late in life and I feel like now there's more of an awareness of it through social media like I think hopefully that diagnosis rate will of like that age will go down and people will see themselves more so I think like people sharing their experiences that's great as long as you do the extra work and challenge yourself and go to your GP if possible and that but in terms of endometriosis like for one thing it's not it does affect reproductive health and but it's not just a period disease and I think for one thing well doctors don't even know that much about it to be honest with you <laughs> but for one thing I would say and it's more a societal thing but like we're always taught that periods are supposed to hurt but we're not really given a scale of like okay this isn't normal it just told it's gonna hurt so I think more 
more information about what's normal and what isn't normal and just like education just people learning about endometriosis have it more in the public consciousness like I see it more on this morning than the NHS site like yeah. I think it's getting better but we have a long way to go yeah definitely I think the more people speak about it and we see more representation the more it's okay to speak about it whereas if it's just oh ADHD and that person's the kid in the corner of the classroom that's a bit odd that's all people see and they probably aren't as willing to go and get a diagnosis because oh I don't want something to be wrong with me yeah you mentioned your mum's a nurse how receptive and supportive have family and friends been they have been really supportive to be fair I, like I do caveat that, that they are really supportive and I'm really grateful for them but sometimes I do I don't think you can fully understand being in pain every day until you're in pain every day and sometimes like this might be my own insecurity but sometimes I get like if I'm feeling particularly anxious sometimes I feel people might think I'm a bit dramatic but I don't know if that's like an insecurity thing or but yeah they have been really supportive I think there's more of it like <laughs> the other a couple of weeks ago um my dad was like suggesting oh why don't you do more exercise and I was like I can barely sometimes I can't even walk out the house like how do you expect me to I mean all, yeah. it all comes from a good place but yeah I think it's just a lack of understanding and an understanding that it can't be fixed and like I feel like also sometimes the understanding that I am doing everything I can to get better and sometimes I feel like I don't know I think it's sort of like a guilt thing that I'm not looking after my own health even though I am yeah and it's complicated but yeah they have been really supportive I think it's just a general it, it's really hard to get your head around like being in pain every day and not being I'm young and I should be healthy but I'm not so yeah, yeah. I can totally relate I mean I've had people say oh oh you're ill just put your feet up Netflix for two weeks I'm like yeah I've, I've potentially got something for life do you know what I mean it's not a holiday oh just relax or you know if you drink orange juice or if you're fatigued if you just sleep earlier oh no just exercise like run a 5k and you'll feel better and you're like no that will wipe me out for three days um, <laughs> no but you look fine you're healthy so that's just sometimes really annoying that you have to prove how ill you are and you're not just doing it for the fun of it yeah <laughs> how has it impacted you mentally has it has it even you know impacted you where you want someone who just went yeah I've got all this happening I'll roll with it or was it challenging for you it has been challenged like my mental health was pretty dodgy before like mental illness became chronic but I it's very much it has been hard to get my head around I think it has helped like I wish we didn't have a global pandemic and we didn't have a virus going around but I think everyone sort of being in the same position stuck at home for a little bit that did make me feel a bit better in a way because like especially at the start I was like I'm just being lazy just need to get on with it but then have people are getting back to normal and I think that might also be like an autistic thing like not being not liking change like going back out that has been like I have really struggled with that like to be fair I have got this past month I have felt a lot better and I think it is literally just because the sunshine is doing something but like <laughs> yeah like it has been a struggle and just like all 
you have to be extra prepared and just you're always thinking about for what if because what if could actually happen and it's frustrating especially like seeing your friends go out on Instagram as well like it's been a lot like it hasn't it hasn't completely destroyed my mental health but it has like affected it like I've been worse but I could be a lot better yeah and and how do you do you sort of cope because I know for me I was at crisis point and mm-hmm. I've got a lot of support I've got a lot of therapy I've had to cut out a lot of people out of my life and put in boundaries and have a toolkit so I I can sort of catch myself slipping now and I do have low days where I do want to enjoy this sun for a bit longer but the weather does impact me and I'll have back pain so what sort of things have helped you cope better definitely like my family and friends they have helped me and I have been back to therapy a couple of times just like NHS free CBT which when it works it works when it doesn't it's like <laughs> why am I here <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like, there have been moments where I've been like okay this is working a little bit and even like for weather I don't know what it is like I don't think I have seasonal depression but like for weather really has made a difference right now and also like I have become more comfortable going out with like heat patches and like going out with my pain relief and I think part of that is I've worked with um, a disabled company called Dada who are absolutely amazing and in rehearsal room I feel safe around them to just do completely what I need without feeling judged or looked at weirdly so that has helped and sort of like the mentality that I just need to do what I need to do like I'm still getting my head around it a little bit but like I'm putting me first which to be fair like I am happy like now I have some boundaries in my life like yeah I'm putting myself first and my health first and my sleep pattern weirdly has been the best it's been in years (laughs) (laughs) so like there has been some benefits so like yeah just put myself first like there are days where I am literally like exhausted and you can't even function but yeah putting myself first and my family and friends and sunshine yeah <laughs> yeah the, the sun definitely helps um despite all the hay fever but just having yeah. today's I think makes it better what is it that your family and friends have done that has been supportive or felt helpful because there's a lot of people on the podcast that say they don't have a support network in terms of immediate support network whether that's just the fact that they don't understand they're a different generation what is it that they do for you that you think okay this is actually helpful just like so I live at home with my parents at me and like went back during the pandemic thinking it would only be a couple of weeks it was not um, <laughs> but I'm very happy to be here even just like little things like just fill in my hot water bottle like when I am literally just on the couch put my hot water bottle and just it's not a lot but just generally being there and just being patient like sometimes the patient snaps on both sides like I've been impatient they've been impatient but patient and with my friends like they'll come pick me up because I can't really walk to a train station I feel comfortable to have my pain devices around and like take my medication Hmm. and like it's a non-judgment zone and they know like if I have to cancel last minute I'm I'm really not well just a patience and understanding like it really isn't much but it does make 
so much different yeah 100% I, I've mentioned a few times on the podcast where I used to go to the peaks and I used to hike quite a lot and I used to love flying my drone and then one of my friends and I we went but the car was parked a lot closer and we only walked for 10 minutes not three hours and to me it I did feel a bit defeated because I did I wasn't hiking for three hours however I also knew I couldn't so yeah. I still got that moment of enjoyment however the sacrifice wasn't made and it was just having someone go okay we're not hiking for three hours we'll just do 10 minutes and then we'll sit down and I was like oh my god wow you're so understanding and yeah. it was just that what can I do to make it better yeah Sometimes it is just allowing you to feel how you are feeling and not saying to you be happy come on get yourself up it's like well no that's not helping me right now yeah and it's weird you say that because like that was one of the things in therapy one of my therapies was um trying to figure out what activities I used to do and sort of what I can do now to get the same enjoyment if I can't do the same activity so even just like what you said walk for 10 minutes and with your friend like yeah and I have been putting that into practice and it has helped me a lot like I have been struggling with knowing I can't get back to me old life and sometimes I really miss that and struggle with that but yeah I'm getting better going towards the new life <laughs> yeah yeah I think I think it's that journey of acceptance and yeah going okay well I can't like hike or do what I used to love doing but I can do other things what were some of the things that you used to do well I used to be like a full-time well it's full-time I was at uni doing a theatre degree and performing and that would be like in rehearsals in rehearsal rooms all day performing and being active I used to run a lot as well which I loved even just going to a theatre going out on a night out as well just going to town yeah they're the things I struggle with now and I can do to an extent like I go to a theatre now I can stream most of the shows I mean not every show but I can stream shows and yeah I can't run but I'm trying to figure out a way to try swimming I still need to figure out like dates and times and also whether I'll physically be able to and yeah going out to town like now figuring out what just what bars and still having a night but still keeping my energy intact and stuff like that yeah and how did you accept your diagnosis so you know for example you said you mentioned you went to the GP was it just a simple case of right I've got this or like what went through your head and how did you actually accept that things have changed for you and you may have to make changes? I still haven't fully accepted it but I think that's because I haven't had a proper like I haven't been to my specialist yet and they haven't like the GP has been great but there's a limit to what they can do and I think also so I sort of went into the GP with hey I think I, I might not but I think I could have this endometriosis can you tell me more about it and what I can do and I still haven't got fully got my head around that well there isn't a lot you can do like other than surgery but even then that's not a cure and also for wait times that has really like I have been waiting nearly two years and I haven't been seen so I think once I see like a specialist I'll accept it more but yeah I have and again like being in the pandemic and everything being online that's helped but I need to figure out how can I 
be my best self. I, I still try to keep online where I can, but like there have been times where I have needed to go out and I failed to go out. So like I was on a course and there was a rehearsed reading of an extract of a play I wrote and I was desperate to go. And I was literally in a car driving in absolute agony, but I was like, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going. And then I literally got there and I was like, I can't walk and I can't let them see me like this. So that really got me down. But literally this week I had a very similar situation where I was on a course and we had rehearsed reading of an extract and I managed to go and I was really proud of myself for that. But I just need to, but that's the first, one of the only in-person work things I've managed to do. So I just need to accept enough. And like for people I've worked with have been really understanding, like there haven't been much like every time I've had to go out there's been a reason I've had to go out it's not just yeah I haven't fully accepted it but I've I've put myself first but also I need to figure out how to put myself first not in my own bubble and figure out like how I can be my best self and work the best I can and yeah look after myself really that's a very rambly answer but (laughs) It makes perfect sense and I completely understand. When it comes to work, do you tell them about your symptoms and what you're dealing with? Yeah, I didn't used to. Like, I didn't even used to tell anyone I was autistic for ages. And then literally I was like, why am I not telling people? And and I know why, like, disabled people, and we do get discriminated against as a very real reason. Um, But I just got to a point where it's like, I'm just hurting myself more than anyone else um like I'm the only one really struggling here so I just need to tell people and yeah like I said like everyone I work with have been really supportive and also so I've got an access rider just made one but for one thing I did struggle with like what access can I ask for like what yeah just what can I ask for like what can I ask for and even though this is like a bit of an insecurity what's me being a bit of a diva like and it's always like people make suggestions on how they can help me. I was like, oh, that would be really helpful, actually. So I need to figure out my own access. I need to, I need to figure a lot of stuff out, but like figuring out my own access needs and also access changes as well. So like doing a lot of trial and error, but I can only do that if I'm able to get out more. So yeah. <laughs> and do you take part in any like online groups? where people have the same symptoms as you do and what's your experience been like? So with endometriosis I'm on a few Facebook groups I don't engage a lot but when I've needed help or like I see something online like a pain patch or something like oh what do people think of this? It's been really helpful with wait times as well like how long am I supposed to wait, what to expect when I go to a doctor's and stuff like that. That's been really helpful. I know people use it for a social thing and also like therapy's the wrong word, but sort of like they feel better by sharing everything and they get support and that's really great. I'm just not like that. But on Twitter, like I talk about when I'm struggling on Twitter, not in the oversharey sense, like I don't give every single detail, but I'm also like, ugh. I'm really struggling with endometriosis to get because like if people see it then it'll spread the awareness but in terms of like neurodiversity I've actually set up my own little network for neurodivergent creatives with a friend and that's been going 
really well because like I do think social media as much as it can be used against us and it can be full of hate and stuff like when it works it really really works so I don't I don't share every single detail and I don't use it like a diary but I use it to ask questions and learn more yeah I have been I haven't had a bad experience yeah I don't think yeah fingers crossed that continues yeah (laughs) any silver linings I think the biggest one is just putting myself first and knowing like um, I still don't fully understand myself but I've got a lot closer which I wouldn't have had and also working out what my priorities are in life and what I want to get in life and also like understanding the disabled community a lot more like even though I've always been disabled like with autism and stuff I didn't accept autism for like the longest time until I was like 18 Mm. and then even then I was very separate from the disabled group and then as I was researching like I got to know a lot of disabled people and a lot of disabled creatives so finding myself in that community has been amazing as well and learning like about disabled culture as well and disabled history it has been amazing so yeah (laughs) yeah I've definitely made a lot more friends and even through just pop people go no yeah i understand what you're saying and things like that so you do feel like you're not alone what would you say to anyone who has got a diagnosis of any invisible or chronic illness they're not getting much support from their specialists their friends and family what advice would you give them put yourself first always because like and don't hide your needs and like your illnesses like if like if it's safe to do so because the only person you are hurting is yourself. And it might it might not go completely well, but you're not being anything other than yourself, which sounds really cheesy, but like, if you don't ask, you don't get. So yeah, just be open. And a lot of people are more accepting, like you are gonna get people who aren't, but yeah, just be open and honest because you might actually help some people as well. Yeah. Any last words, Beth? Um, not really. I, do I? Just, yeah, I'm just very happy to be here. Sorry, that was very like, do I? I don't know, but yeah. It's all right. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. I'm sure a lot of people will appreciate you sharing the awareness and feel like they're not alone. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me as well. <laughs>